0: The summer is heating up out there, it's really hot, and I actually had to turn off my fan, so I'm going to probably be like sweating buckets by the end of this recording. But it is time, once again, for your favorite quarterly podcast, episode number 10! We've hit double digits of the Seasonal Anime Checkup. I am your host, as always, Jared, and we're going to talk about anime. Specifically, spring anime, which just wrapped up. Actually, like a week or two ago, there's been some summer shows actually going on in the in the time that usually there's a break. It's It's been weir- really weird. So we're going to talk about spring anime. We will look forward to summer and showcase all of the shows that will be airing for the next few months. We'll take a close look and probably a quick look as well at the backlog. And that'll basically be it. So we're going to talk about shows... We've watched shows we're looking forward to, all that sort of jazz. Uh, there will be spoilers in some stuff, so just be mindful in case you're watching something or you're looking forward to watching something. That'll mostly be in the reviews of spring shows. We won't necessarily divulge into spoilers for summer shows, mostly because a lot of them I don't know. Or if I do, I won't like just be like, hey, here's what's going to happen and all of that. So just in case there's a spoiler, you can skip ahead into the program and hopefully you won't get spoiled that way. So thank you everyone for listening in, whether you're on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, SeasonalAnimeCheckup.com podcast, which is where you can find all those lovely options in one, you know, nice little package. It's all good to go right in front of you. And uh, a thank you to everyone who listened to the previous episode and episodes before that as well. Your support is greatly appreciated. So let's talk about some anime, shall we? We have a lot of shows to talk about I have six and a half pages worth of script here of stuff we're going to talk about which is ridiculous in terms of how the show usually runs but enough about that let's dive in to spring season 2016 and we're going to start off with Ace Attorney if someone asked me hey Jared is Ace Attorney one of your favorite video game franchises I would immediately answer yes. That's why when it was announced that some of the games would be turned into an anime, I was excited. If I had known back then how it would eventually turn out, I would have held my excitement. The Ace Attorney anime is bad. It's almost hard to say that given that it is the same story, more or less, as the game, but there is a lot to the show that is just poorly handled. The animation is just abysmal at times, where it is either poorly drawn, or there are clear mistakes that have sneaked through production checks, like multiples of the same character, characters appearing in court before they should, bad CGI, and Phoenix looking like he's the buffest man or he just came from a yaoi manga. Of course, it is not easy to make a weekly series, but this has become a common trend with A1 Pictures licensed shows. Over the past few years, any time I have watched a video game adaptation made by A1, it has usually had these sort of problems. The Persona 3 movies might be a slight exception. In contrast with their manga adaptations, it is night and day in terms of how the animation and quality in general is. It is hard to even come up with an answer of how to solve this problem. Perhaps internally, A1 can't afford to have better animators due to the licensing fees for video game adaptations, or they're just simply getting, getting these episodes out as quickly as possible to appease an audience that will in fact yell at you if you dare to criticize anything because they are so badly misinformed. There are also problems with the story as well. With it changing certain aspects from the game and adding in a filler episode diving into the backstory of Phoenix, Miles, and Larry, that was completely unnecessary and just makes me mad that they made that episode instead of the one, or instead of one for that DLC case from the first game. I'll unfortunately continue to watch the show and still hate myself for doing so, which means another review like this in the next episode. It just really sucks because this could be so much better, but it is the hottest of hot garbage. And for another opinion on Ace Attorney, We're going to go to friend of the site, Anne, who's going to give a pretty similar review of Ace Attorney. I wanted to like this anime. I was extremely hyped for it. Ace Attorney is hands down one of my favorite video game series of all time. This anime is absolute trash, and it is a travesty that it has happened to such a good series. On the most basic level, the art is terrible. It had maybe two episodes of the run so far that didn't look horrible, while the rest was filled with awkward or inhuman proportions, a severe lack of detail in characters where it needed it, and a lack of consistency in terms of the scenes. For example, there is a scene during Will Powers' trial where the wide shot shows him in the courtroom, then the next scene is him being led in by the bailiffs. It's distracting and inexcusable. Beyond just the atrocious art, somehow the transition from game to anime made the entire thing extremely boring and drawn out to watch. Given that I enjoyed the Rampa anime, I expected the transition would work out a lot better than it did, given the similarities in genre. Ace Attorney seemed to be drained of all its charm, and I think a lot of it is that we're not in Phoenix's head as much as we are in the game. While interrogating parrots next to your goofy spirit medium partner who won't let go of a metal detector, even indoors, should be one of the most entertaining things, and it is in the original game, it just didn't feel as funny or enjoyable as the source material. It's gotten to the point where I feel I'm watching it out of obligation instead of enjoyment. That last line in Anne's review is like the quintessential point about the Ace Attorney anime. It's like, if you're a fan of that series, you almost feel masochistic in the way you're like, you're just watching this just to watch it because you're a fan of the series, but everything around it is just awful. Also, I'm just real jealous that she put that line in. Because I'm like, that's, that's it. That is basically it. For our next show, we're going to talk about the finale of Assassination Classroom, and we're going to go to the Skype machine and talk to a friend of the site, Chris, for his opinion. Joining me at this time is a, is a man you've heard on this podcast uh, quite a few times in the past. He's been missing in action for the last few, but Chris of AstarBselect.com, which is kind of a thing still, I guess, joins us <laughs> now, and he's going to talk about the finale of Assassination Classroom.
1: Oh, it's just that hurts. It hurts so bad. Uh, assassination Classroom. It's probably my favorite current anime. That was well, I guess that was running. Such a good show, and it ended on such a
0: great note.
1: Uh, is this is spoiler friendly,
0: right? Yes, you can you can say spoilers. Okay,
1: so basically the entire premise of the whole entire thing is you have to kill Koro Sensei uh, by the end of the semester. Or he's going to blow up the whole planet. Dun, dun, dun. And they end up killing him. The entire classroom kind of huddles over him and holds him down. And the main character kills him with a a knife. And it's really sad and emotional. And the final episode has basically like a... I think it was five or seven years into the future. I think it was just five. And... It talks about like or shows where everybody's at in the stages of life and Nagisa who's like the main character ends up being a teacher just like he always wanted to be and he kind of follows in the same footsteps as Koro sensei in the sense of his first assignment is like this I I believe it was a middle school classroom but they all look like they're 20 some year old biker guy like biker gang guys (laughs) and they're like threatening to kick his and because he's really t- he's really small and tiny and one of them grabs him by the shirt and, like picks him up lifts him up and is like I'm going to kill you or something like that and he just kind of like just kind of s- smiles and then he remembers all of what Koro sensei had taught him in the assassinations and then he kind of up a little bit and says I hope you do you have until the end of the semester just kind of like Koro sensei and that's kind of mm-hmm. how it ends it was really, it was really beautiful. It was great. It was amazing. It was perfect. Ten out of ten. Would watch again. Do recommend.
0: Ten out of ten. IGN.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I give it a five out of five. That's a good. Uh, that's a good. That's a good callback to something that some some kids wouldn't even remember nowadays. Yeah, that's true. Assassination Classroom is over, so now you can go be real sad again.
1: Well, they have a movie too, a live movie of it, and there's a second part that I, I know is already been filmed I thought it came out in like March or May or something but I can't find it anywhere so I need to watch the second part the first part was great it was awesome it felt a bit rushed but obviously it's gonna be because it's a movie they condensed like however many 20 some episodes into an hour and 50 minutes but uh, it still has like a lot of the same humor they didn't really change or alter uh, a lot like I expected them to it was just really condensed really cool a lot of fun if you love the anime, I recommend watching the movie.
0: What's this live action you're talking about? Like that. Live action? This is. Yeah. We, we don't talk about that stuff here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I was just really upset that the anime was over and I was like, I need to watch the movie to help me cope. It's fine. And it's it, fine. And to help cope. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But the anime, definitely. Watch it. It's amazing. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll make you laugh again and then cry again and then cry for a few days afterwards. And then you'll use Koro say on your lock screen and your desktop wallpaper.
0: I, I can't imagine you ever doing that. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's going to that's gonna do it for Assassination Classroom in general, because it's gone. Farewell. It's gone. Farewell. <laughs> <Shut up>. Farewell. <laughs> oh. And that's going to do it for Chris here. Thank you for joining us for the first time in like a few episodes.
1: Yeah. yeah. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. And then uh, let's go back to the show. And we're back. Thank you, Chris, for that... That nice farewell to Assassination Classroom. Up next, we're going to talk about technically a show still in progress due to the way that the episodes are being released in a sporadic manner. Brotherhood Final Fantasy XV. And for that, we're going to go back to Anne for her thoughts on this mini-series, I guess you would say. The anime for the upcoming game Final Fantasy XV confuses me. I'm unsure who the target audience is for the anime. It seems that Square Enix is using it as a marketing tool, but I feel that anyone who would enjoy the anime was sold on the game already. The anime had a strong start with a small introduction to the crew in the beginnings of a battle, however, it goes downhill from there. While the second episode is an interesting look at Prompto and his relationship with main protagonist Noctis, it caused a bit of confusion with his lack of continuity from the first episode. It was also a very strange and somewhat upsetting episode where Prompto decides to lose weight after gaining his motivation unknowingly from the prince's future fiancé in order to be considered good enough to be friends with Noctis. It is a strange message to carry, and it makes me question the friendship of these guys, which isn't the goal Square Enix is trying to accomplish. Another issue I had was that I'm not invested in these characters or understanding their motivations from the story due to the fact that this came out before the game itself. While some diehards may know every detail of the story, It is difficult to jump into this buddy-style story without much understanding as to why everything is happening or what is going on. Maybe it'll be easier to appreciate the anime once the game is out, but as a marketing and hype tool, I feel like it fell short. There was an episode actually just re-released today, which which Anne was not able to watch before this recording. And I'll probably, at some point, watch all five episodes and do a review on here as well. But from what she's saying, it does seem like a very strange series that they're trying to produce and basically as a marketing tool as well just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense next up let's talk about flying witch there was a slight theme of chill anime this season with flying witch being one of them a slice of life about a new witch living in a small town isn't the flashiest description but each episode of flying witch was something nice and relaxing it also allowed for a universe in which witches aren't considered horrible abominations and as people knew about them they were just like huh that's cool Plus, having witches be your main characters can allow for different ways of building the universe of the show and the new wrinkles you can add to everyday life, such as fish that come from the ground, giant floating wells, hidden cafes where a ghost serves you, screaming mandrakes, and so much more. If you need a show that will just calm you down and let you relax, Flying Witch is the one for you. Next up we have Haven't You Heard I'm Sakamoto or Sakamoto Desuka? I've often said that it is very hard to make good comedy in anime. Usually, shows will try and use fanservice and raunchy gags to make up for their lack of good comedy writing. Sakamoto had great comedic writing, timing, everything. There was not a single episode that went by where I was not laughing out loud at some gag during the show. The ridiculousness of the show is one of the many parts that makes Sakamoto so amazing. Some of the gags rely on a ridiculous factor, like a, like diving behind a TV and making yourself appear on it, or drawing a watch on your arm to tell someone that you were late for something. It never gets old when the show does it because each joke is a fresh take on the concept. You'd think with most most of the episodes adhering to this formula that it would get old halfway through the season, but it never does. Every episode is just full of something that will make you laugh hysterically. It is unfortunate that one episode did not make air due to the earthquake that hit Japan in the second week of the show's airing. That episode will get bundled with the final home video release, so expect that to hit the internet around the fall. But even without the episode... The show's finale felt conclusive and even led to some theories that you would not expect from watching Sakamoto. Sakamoto is comedy done right in an anime and is easily the best show of the season. For another look at Sakamoto, let's head back to Anne for her thoughts on the series. This was another anime I discovered via ridiculous gifts on Tumblr. After seeing several scenes that I thought were very funny, I decided to give the whole anime a shot. I'm extremely happy that I did. This bizarre slice of life anime legitimately made me laugh out loud each week with scenarios that felt clever while still erring on the side of weird. I genuinely grew to like each character, barring one, and seeing the story progress was an entertaining ride. The final episodes became more serious and with the fan theory about Sakamoto's fate running around, I can understand why. It did feel like a fitting goodbye to the character in the anime, though to have him leave behind his school and his friends with a pie on his face to hide his emotions. While this anime is quite short. I think that is beneficial. The characters, story, as well as the gimmick of Sakamoto's coolness did not overstay their welcome, and the anime ended on a note that was satisfying and fun. I'm still curious as to what they could possibly have for the final episode that did not air, but even without it, it was, exceptional and f- it was an exceptional and fun anime that is highly recommended. Next up, we have Joker Game. I am a sucker for period pieces. When I heard about Joker Game and how it was set a few years prior to World War II in Japan, I was already in. Add in the fact that it is about spies during this time period, which I am a low-key sucker for anything historical and spy-related, and I was hooked. Joker Games certainly seems like a show that would be best suited to watch in a marathon setting. Mostly due to the fact that once the first two to three episode arc finishes, each episode afterwards follows one of the spies from the D-Agency, and it can be confusing on who exactly is the agent that the episode is based around. It is not a detriment to the show itself, but it can be to the viewer. Each episode and the different themes from episode to episode are very well done and offer a new way of looking at the show. It also gives, albeit a fictionalized version of the world and the tensions that were brewing between different countries prior to World War II. While perhaps not the show's true intention, I want to actually research or read a book about how spy movement from country to country and the intricacies around that from the time period that Joker game encapsulates. If any of that interests you in the slightest... You should certainly give Joker Game a shot. And now for perhaps one of the more controversial shows of the season, while also being very hyped, Kiz Naiver. There were a few shows that received a bit of hype prior to the spring season getting underway. One of these was Kiz Naiver. For the first half of the show, it had certainly at least lived up to the hype that it had received. But then everything started to go downhill and spiral out of control. With the premise of gathering a group of students from the same class and making them feel each other's pain. You would think that would be a slam dunk in terms of coming up with unique storytelling, and for some characters, it does actually do that. For the most part, though, Kiz Naiver is a classic case of the supporting cast being far superior to the main protagonist and deuteragonist. If you're ever thinking about being a writer and worried about making a boring protagonist and deuteragonist, just watch this show and do the complete opposite of what the writers do here. Katsuhiro is just awful, boring, and uninteresting as the protagonist. It basically takes until the end of the show to figure out why he is so terrible, but even the payoff to this is not good. The same goes for Sonozaki, the deuteragonist, who is just gullible and stupid, yet these characters are fated to be the getter in a boring storyline. It is probably bad when I was rooting for Katsuhiro to get the s*** kicked out of him by Tenga, which did happen eventually, since he was such a s***ty character. Looking at the rest of the cast that was in the Kiznaiva program, they are all immensely more intriguing characters than Katsuhira and Sonozaki. Each one has their own quirks and reasons for why they act a certain way or behave. It is night and day how much better these characters are. Each storyline that they get is so entertaining and grips you in such a way that the main storyline just leaves you feeling flat. Had Kiz Naiver been a show with Kasuhiro and Sanazaki removed from it, the show would have lived up to the hype and been one of the best shows of the season. If you have to watch Kiz Naiver, Watch it for the supporting cast and their trials and tribulations and just ignore everything else. And for a second opinion on Naiver, let's go to friend of the site Haley and see what she has to say. I had a lot of hope for Naiver. I love Studio Trigger and was hyped for the unique story Naiver seemed to offer. However, after dragging myself through 12 episodes and almost giving up twice along the way, I have to conclude that Naiver was simply... Okay. It wasn't awful. It wasn't a total train wreck. But there wasn't... There was nothing about it that really grabbed me, and after finishing the last episode, I sat back and thought, yep, not going to remember anything about that show in a few weeks. The main issue for me was not the plot, but the characters. Other than a few key exceptions, the cast seemed poorly fleshed out. In particular, Hisomu seemed like a one-note character whose only purpose was for a super awkward laugh. While a few characters were given complex and heartbreaking backstories, most were pushed to the side, particularly characters I wanted to know about, tell me everything about Tenga Trigger. This left the cast feeling unbalanced. Also, the backstory of the experiment that was revealed at the end of the series was super awesome, A+++, but unfortunately there was no time to really explore it. The show's pacing suffered for it. All in all, it wasn't a total waste of time, but it was a waste of a good concept. Tenga will always remain in my heart, though. Now let's talk about Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, Re-0096. Following the success of Iron-Blooded Orphans being a refreshing take on the Gundam franchise, three-edited version of Unicorn feels like a big-budget summer action film in comparison. It is sort of my second time viewing the events of the story, given I played through parts of the retelling through one of the Dynasty Warriors Gundam games. The story is pretty average in the grand scheme of things, and Banazja is your prototypical, I'm the protagonist who's kind of just here, but hey guys, did you know war is bad? Let me tell you every chance I get. Perhaps there is a good climax to the story that cashes in on all the good effects and fun battles, but thus far, it's just alright. Yet another show that was very hyped before spring season came about. My Hero Academia, a.k.a. Boko no Hero Academia. Another show that was hotly anticipated before the season began, My Hero Academia was able to make a strong argument for why it deserved the buzz. A world where heroes can come from anywhere and anyone certainly isn't a new concept, nor is My Hero Academia breaking new ground on an old formula. But the show works! A lot of the story is typical shounen tropes where a young boy basically is granted powers. The catch here is that everyone is supposed to have powers in the world, but Meteoria never develops powers and is a rarity known as quirkless an injured famous superhero takes him under his wing, and gives meteoria his own power the rest of the season follows meteoria through his t- new trials and tribulations in a high school developed to build heroes the season is packed full of emotional moments from episode to episode and action that would be a- amongst the best of the shodan genre it was surprising to see that the season was th- this short as i would have imagined it would continue into summer and beyond there is a season two coming soon but no timetable has been announced for its release. Up next, let's talk about Sailor Moon Crystal, aka Bishoujo Senshi, Sailor Moon Crystal. Given that I wrote a 20 page paper on the franchise for a course last semester, I've done a lot of writing and talking about Sailor Moon since our last episode, especially about the third arc of the manga, which is pretty important to the grand scheme of the story and also my personal favorite. If you have followed Sailor Moon Crystal through its first two seasons, you will know that the reaction to the show has been tepid at best. An over-reliance on CGI and just awkward animation and art led to a lot of people writing the show off after its first season. Toei finally decided to essentially reboot the animation style by making it more of a traditional hand-drawn style. The differences between the two are night and day, but of course, it is not perfect as there is still some awkwardness here and there, though not as bad. As an adaptation of the original manga, Season 3 does a good job of hitting all of the beats that a fan of the manga would want. Though it does slightly tweak the infamous line about Haruka that says Uranus is both male and female and possesses the strength of both genders to a guardian with both sex and both strength, which is a bit of a wonky translation, but sort of leans more into the idea of Haruka being non-binary. Though, like the manga, Michiru is kind of left on the sideline for a lot of the story development as Haruka is mostly seen as the driving force of the outer senshi, which is disappointing since she is a great character as shown in the original 90s anime. But you can't really fall Crystal for that since that is also a problem with the manga. If Season 4 ever comes around, which it was teased at the very end of the show, perhaps the scenes when the mom trio of Haruka, Michiru, and Setsuna are raising baby Hotaru will give Michiru more character development than what she had in Season 3. It certainly is a good time to come back to Sailor Moon Crystal as the direction finally seems to be heading in the right direction. And our final spring season show... Tanaka-kun is always listless, a.k.a. Tanaka-kun wa Itsumo Kederuje. Yet another chill anime in the spring season, Tanaka-kun seemed like it could have been a one strick pony by being about a character who wants to live life in the easiest way, but somehow worked in an entire season run. One could argue that this has the same syndrome as Kiss Naiver, where the protagonist isn't all that interesting, but has more decent qualities and is a pretty good person. The show is also progressive in a way that I was not expecting with one of the first female characters prominently featured in the show having feelings for another female character. At the same time, it does feature characters that can be whittled down to just generic tropes like Tanaka's younger sister being far too obsessed with her brother in ways where she is angry that he has friends. The show also portrays romance in a different light with one of the characters falling for Tanaka because he notices her when she is not all done up to make an impression on everyone. But by the end of it, the show basically gives the message of liking someone just because of one facet is not a healthy way to build relationships. Tanaka-kun is a mixed bag of having good ideas thrown in with bad ones, but it is something to watch and relax, so it has that going for it. We had no movies this time, because nothing really got released that I saw or anything. But there was a few shows in the backlog, so let's dive into the backlog and start off with Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. It is hard to try and explain what on earth is happening in JoJo's. Of course, I've only seen part one, which is but a brief glimpse into the series. There was a post on Tumblr saying how it was very easy to get spoiled for pretty much every every other form of media, but never JoJo's, which is absolutely true. Going in, I had no clue what to expect, and for the most part, started watching it due to the roundabout meme that had permeated a month ago. It's a fun and ridiculous show that if you've never watched, you should give it a try to let the craziness suck you in. Given that I haven't been able to watch much of it currently due to being busy with other shows, projects, and lack of sleep, I really need to get back and watch more, because where I left off, you probably wouldn't even believe me if I explained it. And finally, we're going to talk briefly about Sailor Moon Season 5, which is the 90s anime. I have barely scratched the surface of Season 5 of the original Sailor Moon anime, and figured it was high time to try and finish the series. I'm still only a few episodes in, but was sad to see Moonlight Densetsu replaced as the opening theme. Though it does seem like the writers just didn't give a f**k when writing Haruka and Michiru as their dialogue is way more tantalizing than in Season 3, which was surprising, but fun. The TV Season 5 does not start off the same as the manga, which is expected, so this new bit of story could be something fun like the anime-exclusive first half of Season 2. At least that is what I'm hoping for before it actually dives in to what actually took place in the final arc of the manga. That and the mom trio being cool. So that's Spring Season 2015. There were a lot of shows we talked about. But now we have to look forward to the future, to summer 2016. So we're going to do a preview of each show, give you a title, give you a description, and talk about what's coming over from spring, some shorts, some movies, some OVAs. And then we'll, we'll probably do a brief look at fall just to see what is possibly coming up even more so in the future. So let's begin. We're going to start off with 91 Days by Studio Shuka. The classic mafia drama takes place during the Prohibition Era. In the lawless district, the law has no power. The mafia rule the streets, and the illegally made liquor flows freely. At one time, Avalio, I think that's what it says, lived in this district, but after a mafia dispute ended in the murder of his family, he went into hiding. Later, Avalio receives a letter from the mysterious person that ignites his passion for revenge and leads him to return to Lawless. There, he infiltrates the Vanetti family and gets close to to Nero. I wonder if that's like America Prohibition. Because that sounds like you know, like Mafia and all that sort of stuff. Either way, that sounds really cool. Active Raid Kido Kyushu Sitsu Dai Hakai 2 from Production IMS. Also forgot to mention as well i'm gonna butcher some stuff here so i'm probably gonna mispronounce like words and so that's gonna happen uh this is the second season of active raid ama ama to inazuma sweetness and lightning from tms entertainment having lost his wife math teacher kohei inazuka is doing his best to raise his young daughter sumugi as a single father he's pretty bad at cooking and doesn't have a huge appetite to begin with but chance brings his little family and one of his students kotori iida together for homemade adventures with with those three cooks in the kitchen, it's no wonder this dinner table drama is so delicious. So I've watched, excuse me, I've read some of the manga of this, and it's pretty good. I like I say that like it's a question or something, but I enjoyed it, and it's probably gonna be it's gonna be sad at points. So get ready for that. Amanshu from J C Staff. Hikari Kohinata is a cheerful fifteen year old girl who lives near the ocean. and She spends much of her time driving diving, not driving. Diving, as a result. On her first day of high school, she meets a teacher who also likes scuba diving. There's also a 16-year-old classmate, Futuba... Futaba, not Futuba... Futuba! Futaba, who gets dragged along in Hikari's maelstrom as soon as they meet at school. Ange from Silverlink. The story of the Ange trading card game follows what happens when... Hyrule portals suddenly open, fusing three different worlds together. As a result, various mysterious X seed powers are awakened in teenage girls... An Academy for the so-called Progress Girls is built on the isolated Sairon Island in the Pacific. Arslan Senki Fusion Rambu, the hel- uh, the Heroic Legend of Arslan event. Uh, that's uh, so that's like a second season, I think? Or is this a new anime? From Leiden Films. They just made a game about that, or at least released it over over here in America. B Project Kodo Ambitious from A1 Pictures. The anime story follows Tsubaki, a new hire in the A&R development, or department of the major recording company Gan- Gondola Music. I couldn't say if that, tell if that was an I or an L. Tsubaki is immediately assigned to oversee the idol unit B project, which is made up of three idol groups, Kitakore, Thrive, and Moons, with like a capital N in there. This is Tsubaki's first job, and she gets involved in various incidents and accidents as she deals with this group of young men who each have their own differing personalities. Battery, from Zero-G. Asano's novels revolve around Takumi Harada, a young man who moves to a mountain town in Okayama Prefecture during the spring break before he enters middle school due to his father's job transfer. Takumi is a pitcher, and after the move, he loses faith in his talent, when suddenly his classmate, Ko Nagakura, appears in front of him. Ko has a strong desire to form a battery, a combination of a pitcher and catcher with Takumi. Berserk, from Melepense it's a new anime adaptation of Berserk, which has gotten some controversial uh, feedback after the first episode. But uh, I'm interested to see how that, that show goes, or that adaptation goes, really. Binan Koko Chikyo byo, byo Love Love, which is the uh, Q-High Defense Force. Yes, season two of that. Cheer Danshi from Brains Base. The story revolved around members of a cheerleading squad at a men's university. D. Gray Man Hollow from TMS Entertainment. It is a new anime of D Gray Man. Dongan Rampa Three: The End of Hope's Peak Academy Marihan. Marihan, excuse me, from Lursh. This is the conclusion of the Hope's Peak Academy story from Dongan Rampa One and Two, and then also at the same time, Dongan Rampa Three: The End of Hope's Peak Academy Zetsubohen. and this is a prequel to Dongan Rampa Two, featuring the characters of Dongan Rampa Two, including Chiaki? Question mark? She's in the promotional arts, so we'll see how that goes. I'm real excited for this. Obviously. Days from Mappa. The manga centers on two boys who were never meant to meet. Sukushi Sukamoto, who has no secret skills but secretly hides a passionate heart, and Jen Kazama, an isolated soccer genius. Isn't that a Tekken character? <laughs> on a stormy night, the two meet, and that meeting creates a whirlwind in the world of high school soccer. Uh Feikile, Liner, Prisma, Ilya, Three Ray. A sequel to that. It's another season of that, basically. That's how you I mean. Uh Fukujin na Mononokian from Piro Plus. Ashiya has spent the first seven days of high school stuck in an infirmary because of a yokai attaching itself to him. He ends up asking the owner of a small tea room called the Mononokian for help. This is a tale involving the morose owner of the Mononokian guiding the yokai that happened to wander into this world and go to the next world. Honda-kun from Daiomedia. Animated adaptation of the manga that takes place six years prior to the events of Barakamon, detailing the life of Seishu Honda as a high school student. And a very interesting life it is. In Honda Kun, Seishu Honda is, admir- is admired by his peers as a calligraphy genius and given the utmost respect. But Honda Kun himself is under the mistaken impression that the deference, or yeah, the deference and attention he receives from the other students is actually bullying. Honda just wants to live a quiet life, but hilarity ensues as one character after another challenges his position as, the hi- as a school idol. And somehow comes away as a fan all while Honda is horrified and clueless. Hatsukoi Monster from Studio Dean. When 15-year-old Kaho Nikaido leaves her sheltered home to start life anew in a Tokyo high school dormitory, the last thing she expects is to nearly get hit by a truck. Saved in the nick of time by a handsome stranger, Kaho falls, falls head over heels for him. And after finally tracking down, finally tracking him down, boldly confesses her feelings. Turns out Kaho's mystery savior, Kanade, is the son of Kaho's new landlord. The handsome object of Kaho's affection agrees to go out with her, but her newfound bliss is short-lived when it turns out that her new boyfriend is a 5th grader? Hitori no Shita, the outcast from Imon. The protagonist, Cho Soron, leads a very common college student's life until he finds himself caught up in a terrible incident that happened in a small village. As he was walking through a graveyard, Chosoron is assaulted by zombies. Thinking that it was over for him, a mysterious girl carrying a sword suddenly saves him and disappears. The strange encounter is going to change drastically. Er, Yeah, the fate of our hero. I read that right. Kono Bijutsu Bu Niwa garu from Feel. The manga focuses on an art club in a certain middle school, and its members, Subaru Uchimaki, who is a genius at drawing faces but only wants to draw the perfect 2D 2D wife, Colette, a rich troublemaker who never stops making mischief, and the club president, who sleeps through sessions and collects sleeping aids. Mizuki Usami is the only person in the club who wants to do art club-like activities and constantly struggles to do so. So that's another manga I've actually read, and it's quite good. It's fun. Love Live Sunshine from Sunrise. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this girls' high school. Iroh Hoshi, girls' high school. A private school in the seaside neighborhood of Uchira at Numuzu City, shizuko prefecture you would think i've watched love live i would be able to pronounce all these a small high school in a corner of suruga bay is it is home to 19s led by second year student chiaka takame driven by one seriously big dream to become the next generation of bright sparkling school idols as long as we don't give up any dream can come true all we have to do now is keep pushing hard for fame and glory now their school idol project becomes to make their begins to make their dreams come true so it's basically the spiritual successor to Love Live. Maso Gakuen H cross H from production IMS. Hida Kizuna possesses the HHG, heart hybrid gear, ability, but it is not strong enough to make him particularly important. His older sister calls him to transfer to a strategic defense school where many of the students, many of which are large breasted girls, because of course, use their HHG abilities to fight uh, invaders from another world while wearing extremely skimpy piled outfits. Uh... Kizuna's fighting ability doesn't measure up, but his sister has another plan, getting the girls to have erotic experiences with Kizuna so that will allow them to replenish their energy or power up. (sighs) It looks like this new school life is going to be full of embarrassment. Yuck. Mob Cycle 100 from Bones. The story revolves around Mob, a boy who will explode if his emotional capacity reaches 100%. This boy with psychic powers earned his nickname Mob because he does not stand out among other people. He keeps his psychic powers bottled up so he can live normally, but his emotional, if his emotional level reaches 100, something will overwhelm his entire body. Momokuri from State Light. Yuki Kirihara has finally been granted her wish of dating her crush, Shinya Momotsuki, aka Momo. At first glance, she looks just like a normal but very cute girl. However, she's in fact a maniac over Momo, taking notes of his activities and never missing the chance to see him in an acute moment. Momo, on the other hand, is inexperienced in love and just wants to make Yuki happy. Nanaso no Taizai, Seisan no Shirushi, from A1 Pictures. Four-part original story by mangaka Nakaba Suzuki. That is not a description. Nejimaki Seirei Senki, Tenkyo no Alderman from Madhouse Studios. The Katvarna Empire is at war with the neighboring Republic of Kyoka. In the Katvarna Empire, the lazy woman admiring Ikuta hates war, but due to certain circumstances, he grudgingly... He grudgingly Takes the high-grade military officer, officer exam. No one would have expected that this 17-year-old young man would eventually become a soldier called a great commander by others. Ikuta survives the world engulfed in war with his superior intellect. I thought I was going to say intact, not intellect. New game from Dogokobo. Meet Aoba Suzukaze, a fresh high school graduate... Yeah, fresh high school graduate easily mistaken for a middle school student who joins the game company that produced her favorite game as a 3D artist... And her cute antics as she gets her way through work and deals with her wacky co-workers. Orange, from TMS Entertainment. Everyone has regrets in life, so who wouldn't take the chance to change the past if given the opportunity? When 16-year-old Takamiya Naho receives a mysterious letter can- claiming to be from her 27-year-old self, her life is suddenly thrown into flux. The letter tells her that a new transfer student by the name of Narusei Kakaru will be joining her class and to keep her eye on him. But why? Naho must decide what to make of the letter and his cryptic warning, and what it means not only for her future, but for Kakarou's as well. So I've read the... The manga of this is real short. It's like 20 chapters or so. And... It's sad. Real sad. So like... I'm just imagining the anime is going to be just as sad. Puzzles and Dragons Cross from Studio Pierrot. It's an animated adaptation of the 3DS game Puzzles and Dragons Cross. Qualadia Code from A1 Pictures... The, a- the anime takes place in a world where humans are continuing to fight a war amongst an enemy called Unknown. Unknown invaded several decades ago and children entered into a cold sleep to escape the invasion. When the children awoke, they found themselves with supernatural powers. The children set up defense cities in Tokyo, Kanagawa, and Shiba in order to protect the country from the unknown who appear through the Tokyo Bay Gate. Regalia, the three sacred stars from Infinite... 12 years ago in the country of Rimgard, a big incident left an unsolved mystery that has begun to fade from people's memories. Time passes and sisters Yui and Rina are living peacefully in the Inastria Empire. However, one day a large mecha attacks Enastria. This day marks the turning point when the two girls get caught in the vortex of fate. I hate when that happens. Real Life from TMS Entertainment. The story follows Kaizake Arata, a 27-year-old jobless man who fails at every job interview he had after quitting his last company. His life changes after he met Yoake Ryo of the Relife Research Institute, who, who offered him a drug that can change his appearance to a 17-year-old and become a subject in an experiment for one year. Thus, he begins his life as a high school student once more. That's a manga I've meant to read for like a year now, but i never got around to it. So maybe and they actually have released, I think, every episode of the show on Crunchyroll. So like you can just go watch the entire thing right now. So I'll probably watch that and just like see if like, oh, maybe I should read this. Now that I've seen at least some of it. Rewrite from 8 bit. Rewrite is set in the fictional city of Kazamatsuri, where tree planting and affirstation have caused the city to become overgrown with trees and flowers in much the same way that other cities are filled by buildings. However, while most of the city appears to be rural, there are many traditional city elements as well. While set in a modern setting, the city also gives off a strange sense of nostalgia. Tennoji Kotaro lives here. He's a high school student who has the ability to rewrite his own body. He can become stronger and faster at any time he chooses. He investigates the supernatural mysteries with five girls from his school. Sacred Writer Zexes. x From State Light, I don't know. It starts an X, so it's like, how are you supposed to say that? In the Otome game, a world of godless people was being menaced by Nightfly Onote, or Onote, a, mysteriously, or a mysterious alien invader from a crimson world via the crimson barrier Sacred. To counter the Nightfly Node's threat, the humans established the LAG Defense Agency at the Ryoku Islands. The anti-Nightfly Node fighting unit, Sacred Rider, valiantly stood against the threat, but was completely wiped out at five times. And so the sixth and latest unit, Sacred Rider Zex, was assembled from five young men. However, at nearly the same time that SRX was formed, the Nightfly Node invasion stopped suddenly. Without the enemy they were supposed to fight, the SRX members spend their restless days dealing with ordinary life. The SRX members establish the musical band Odd Eyes, Odd L's, Odd Ones, stuff like that, to deal with their low spirits and restlessness. Meanwhile, a young woman is assigned to LAG as their instructor and commander. A new life begins for the young woman and the SRX. The tagline of the game, that order, is it for love or for death? Sir Vamp from Brainspace. When a stray black cat named Kuro crosses hero Shirota's path, the high school freshman's life will never be the same again. Kuro is, in fact, no ordinary feline, but a servam, a servant vampire. While my hero's personal philosophy is one of non-intervention, he soon becomes embroiled in an ancient, altogether surreal conflict between vampires and humans. There you go, Chris. There's your vampire show for the, the season. Shokugeki no Soma ni no Sera is the second season of Shokugeki no Soma. Taboo Tattoo, from JC Staff. The manga which this will be based off follows Justice Akazuka, nicknamed Segi, a young man who is good at martial arts. Segi rescues a homeless old man on the street one day from some thugs, and the man gives Segi an object that imprints a tattoo on his palm. However, it is not an ordinary tattoo, but a special weapon that gives Segi supernatural power, such as warping space-time. Segi then meets a female American agent named Eiji, whose duty is to recover the tattoos. Segi decides to help her and gets wrapped up in a cross national conspiracy. They say that with a southern accent. Tells of Zisteria the X or the cross. I'm not sure which. From UFO table or UFO table. I need to play Tales of Zisteria at some point. Sore is a human youth who grew up among the Seraphim, spiritual beings not visible to humans. Sore beca- believes in the folklore that says. Long ago, every human was able to see the Seraphim and dreams of unraveling the ancient mystery to make the world a place where people and Seraphim can live together in peace. One day, Sori visits the human capital for the very first time. He becomes embroiled in an incident during which he pulls out a holy sword embedded in a rock and ends up becoming the Seraphid or the Shepherd. That's a completely different word. One who casts away all calamity from the world. He begins to realize the gravity of his mission, and his dream of coexistence between mankind and the Seraphim becomes more intense. And thus the shepherd embarks on a journey with his companions. Time travel shojo, Mari Waka to Eitenen no Kagakusha Taichi from Wow World. Mari Hayase is on a mission to go back in time and meet eight of the most prominent scientists and inventors in history. With the help of her two friends Waka Mizuki and Jun Mizuki, she'll find herself up close and personal with famous figures like Benjamin Franklin, Alexander Graham Bell, Thomas Edison, and so many more. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, what's her mission and purpose? Hopefully, not getting stuck in the past. Man, I want to see, I want to see anime Ben Franklin and Alexander Graham Bell and all them. Sukiyatsa, so, the animation from Studio Perot. Six Gravity and Procellarum are two rival male idol groups who happen to live in the same dorm. Six Gravity is made up of young men who represent the months of December to May, while Procellarum's members represent June to November. Follow the daily daily lives of these 12 young men as they deal with the stresses of idolhood, school, and living together with music by famous Vocaloid producers. And then we got your spring leftovers. We got Coco and Nico, End Ride, Ace Attorney, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Kuro Murkuro, which I think like the first half of that, I guess, got just released on Netflix. So I wonder how they're going to deal with that. Like, are they going to release like the latter half of it at the end of the season or what? Anyways, uh, Kyokai no Rene 2, Macross Delta, and then Re Zero Kara Hajimeru Isekai Seikatsu. and then here's your TV shorts, Banana Ya, Fudanshai Koko Sekatsu, Grapi and Rodeo Second Season, Maha Shoujo Naria Girls, Onura Guru, Oz Mafia, Saikei Kusou no Something Nan, and Show by Rock short. Then you got some movies, you've got an Excel World movie, Aikatsu Stars movie, Ajin movie, the third Digimon Adventure movie. King's Glade, Final Fantasy 15, which is like the all CGI Final Fantasy 15 movie, which I don't know. Square Enix is going f-ing deep on their promotional marketing for Final Fantasy 15. Uh Koei no Katache from from Kyoto Animation, which is a silent voice, which is a pretty famous manga. Which I've also read. Which man, that's gonna be a sad movie. Uh, One Piece film Gold, a new Pokemon movie, and then a Yo Mushi Petal movie, and then there's some other ones. And then we got some OVAs. We have an Akasuki No Yona mo- uh, OVA, not movie. Gentama Joker game, Nijiro Days, One Piece. Oh yeah, the uh, the Persona Five OVA will will be released. I guess at some point. I think it's supposed to hit like September though, so that might be a little late in the season or like early fall season. So that, I believe, is a prologue to Persona 5 in general. I th- and it's just a one-off, so don't expect, like, a full Persona 5 anime. At least, not yet. That's pretty much about it. Let's take a brief, brief look at fall 25- 2016. Excuse me, no, 2015. That was last year. Go listen to that episode if you want to find out what was on that. Uh, I got some sequels. I got a sequel to Ajin, Bungo Stray Dogs, another Digimon. There's new Digimon shows. Digimon Universe. So that's just, like, something else entirely. Uh, season 3 of Q. Season two of Iron Blooded Orphans, Sound Euphonium season two, and that's about all the stuff I can find, at least that I recognize. And then anything in movies? There's a spinoff of Assassination Classroom movie, which I bet Chris would like. And then yeah, the, the Sakamoto final episode will hit in fall because that's going to be released with the the final Blu-ray and DVD release, and that will happen. in yeah, until then. So that is, uh, that's that's summer 2016 and a brief look at fall 2016 with a look back as well as spring 2016 at the very beginning of the show. So that's going to do it for this episode of Seasonal Anime Checkup. Let me plug everyone's stuff that thankfully contributed to this episode, which I always greatly, greatly appreciate. You can follow Chris on Tumblr at astartbselect.com or go to astartbselect.com because that's also a website, which is basically just his Twitch page, but it's a website. You can follow Anne at nobodylovesaperfecthero.tumblr.com and Haley at shorty-cake.tumblr.com and you can follow me on Twitter at ragbagjaredclemons.tumblr.com youtube.com slash ragbag3815 Go to seasonalanimecheckup.com for where you can find where I write about stuff when I'm not doing these podcasts every four times a year. So I just recently put up a review of Zero Time Dilemma, which is a fantastic game. And there's probably going to be a one of Tokyo Mirage sessions as soon as I finish that as well. I'm trying to get back in the spirit of writing because I took like a weird break of not writing anything. And the, the site kind of just was vacant for a little bit. Yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you once again for listening in as long as you did. Hope you enjoyed what you heard. Hopefully you liked what we talked about in spring, what we previewed in summer and briefly the fall. And just everything in general. Next time will be fall. I'll be back in school. Which is disappointing. It will be cooler though. So it won't be like 90 degrees in my room. Which is always a bonus. But that is like four months away. Three months. Three months away. Excuse me. Not four months. If it was four months. This would be a three times a year show. So I will see you once again in three months. For the next installment. Of your favorite. Quarterly podcast. The seasonal. Anime checkup.